Peter and Emily are not here. Hello and welcome to Not Here. It's a podcast by us. I am Emily and with me as always is Peter. We are podcasting to you live from Whoop Woo Studios in lovely Luzhou, Sichuan, China, where we talk about living in China and making movies. That's what we do. Um, so let's get into it. There's a lot, there's a lot going on, especially since we moved to a... Smoothed? Smoothed. <laughs> That's when you move smoothly. Um, we've moved to a bi-weekly, bi-monthly yeah, format. Sure. Um, we're... So then we have... We have saved up so many stories. Um, number one, I know you're all hanging on, the gym update. Damn. So it turns out they're not on strike. The owners just shut their doors. <laughs> Um, on everyone, and it was such, it was a big 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 deal. It was even like on the local news that they had done this. You found um, yourself a, a local kerfuffle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is like not exciting to be a part of. It's just annoying. Um, I'm part of a WeChat group that is called like the activist group, and I think it started out as like trying to get justice. <laughs> um, it has devolved into joking around about what classes you can take where and and also real advice about what classes you can take where <laughs> now that our gym is closed and there's like 500 people in it so it's a lot of people were affected by this gym getting closed now there's um, other branches were they closed too no so my friend who's kind of helping me navigate this he said he suggested going to one of the other branches and like seeing if they can do anything for me because for me personally I had paid them a lot of money in advance for classes that now I won't receive. And my sneakers are stuck in the locker inside. <laughs> which I don't, I'm not sure actually which I'm more annoyed about. Like I have to buy all new stuff now. Like my sneakers, my lotion I brought back from America. It's expensive to, for a gym life. Gym tunes. Yesterday I was at the gym and they were playing a whole David Bowie extravaganza it started oddly enough with david bowie's cover of waterloo sunset from 2003 an odd choice but it was interesting and you know went through all phases of his career from starman to his arcade fire experiments they didn't play china girl though missed opportunity or what I splurged on some Kiehl's toner, which I don't know if it really does anything, but it smells so nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm annoyed that all that stuff is stuck in the locker and that they took this money from me yeah. um, that I may not see again. Um, so he's, my friend, suggested going to one of the other branches and seeing what they could do, but I kind of feel like it's a franchise. It's like if, if you're fries were wrong at one McDonald's and so you went to another McDonald's to ask for more fries. I don't know. But I won't know until I ask. So. And your friend's another foreigner, right? Yeah, it's mad people. I don't think anybody does. I take spring cleaning more seriously than I do New Year's resolutions. So it's not like there's a, a lot of in-depth yeah, and I mean, like, some of some people on the group have suggested going to the police, but that feels like I don't really know how to navigate that on my own. Mm. And then, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know what will happen. And there's kind of the feeling of like, if I just accepted everything's gone, 
and moved on with my life, I would just feel fine about I mean, I would be a little mad and I would, like, we could use that money for other things. I didn't mean to, like, set it on fire, essentially. <laughs> but, you know, I could, like, say goodbye to that as a problem and move on. Mm-hmm. But it is, like, well, can I do something? What is it should I do? That part's, like, annoying. So it's the chromatic but it's Chinese like, part of you that's... I mean, to be honest, what I have done to get back the money is worry about it and have not like taken any concrete steps. There's another, I have another Chinese friend who I heard was part of that gym, so I might write him a message and see what he did, if anything. Um, and if the answer is say goodbye to that money and move on, then, you know, I'm fortunate to be in a position where that's not a tragedy, it's just annoying. Mm. Um, the other thing is, so my trainer, I felt so bad for him that he wasn't, that like they stiffed, I think they stiffed all the staff on their last paychecks and in trying to get paid monthly. So it could be a fairly big paycheck that mm. he didn't get. Um, cause we've guessed they, they're probably paid pretty well. They've yeah, I think pretty so. professional position. That's... Yeah. Yeah. And my trainer in particular, he's like, he works really hard mm-hmm. and he always if, if I'm not in class with him, he always has another student. So I think he works a lot right. and makes a lot of money, which good for him. I really like him. And he just sent me a text. He's, from what I can tell, I think starting not, I'm confused because my Chinese isn't that great, but I think he's starting personal training as a program. Like maybe they have a workout room, but it's not part of a gym, mm-hmm. I think. But now, like, um, is it like at one of the playgrounds of the apartment complexes? Yeah, maybe. I was never a very athletic person, and I'm still not. But when I was a child, I took ballet lessons for seven years. Now, I take personal trainer lessons at my gym to turn to tell me how to exercise. But it's really interesting. Some of the moves we do have such a strong muscle memory from dance. Like for example, this leaping one. We were doing this and then I remembered my arms from ballet class. Not very well, but still I had the urge to do ballet arms, which isn't right. But, it looks beautiful. I mean, I dreamed, I dreamt about it last night. I'll, I'll share that. <laughs> and in my dream, it was like a big open room with a nice springy floor and mirrors and a yoga ball and, and <laughs> plenty of equipment. But that's, you know, that's my dream world. So I have no idea if that's true. But the thing is like now that I've kind of exited, I'm not, so it was kind of like, I'd pay for three months, four months worth of lessons. I'd get to the end of that, and he'd be like, so it's time to buy more lessons. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. But now that I'm like kind of abruptly exited that cycle, like I don't actually need to spend that much money every month. <laughs> I might be okay without him. Um, and you take a lot of like online tutorial stuff. That... Well, yeah, so I downloaded an app, which I'm sure everybody out there who does a <laughs> job loves to hear that. <laughs> I downloaded an app that has all these um, workout routines and they're like 
they're really good. They look like they have a good variety and they have, you know, like diff you can, there are plenty of classes you could download because part of the problem of like do it yourself is I don't know what to do. So I'll end up like doing the same routine over and over again, which gets yeah. boring. And then also you don't progress because I'll be stuck at like whatever fitness level I was then. Um, so I think I like this app. Um, and it is, it's not free, which I feel a little bit better about, <laughs> but it's not like I'm paying a real person 50 bucks, 150 bucks a week to work me out. How about we go to your trainer? We'll tell him if he's got a studio, We'll set up a, a whole TV studio and we'll film his, we give him a YouTube channel that we will secretly put on through VPNs and on Yuku and... <laughs> I'm liking this plan. Yeah. <laughs> Free training. Then like, I don't think I would be the one chosen to be in the training videos. <laughs> Unless you need someone who's like barely hanging on in the back. So you, the viewer... Well, do you make it multicultural? So you have one Chinese person... We yeah, have so you. he does it, expert. Someone else does it to show another perspective. But he needs, he needs And I'll be the one that can that the viewer can identify with, who's like, okay, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> you, have, you have students, you just... You be the, 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 the token foreigner student and... Okay. And then you can write the whole thing. That works. So in exchange for free lessons, We'll film them and put the money. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make $5 if we're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's now I'm now I'm experimenting to see. Because he taught me good form and everything. And he's built up my endurance. So now, like I still feel super out of shape, you know? Even though I am more, I'm stronger than I ever have been in my life. Is any of that your allergies? It might be. Smog? It might be. Yeah, I mean, the, the breathing issues are, are challenging. <laughs> but not in a like, oh my god, I'm going to die kind of way. Just like, I thought I was more in shape than this. But I guess that's the point of like, if you want to improve, you have to do something that's challenging. If it was too easy, then yeah. it's not hard enough. That's how the trainers get you. Yeah. You have to keep paying because <laughs> <laughs> they keep making it harder. Well, you're not yeah, looking. yeah, but the zap is hard enough, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I can keep up the motivation to keep doing that. And I might join another gym that has yoga classes, because um, I enjoyed that. There you go. But yeah, so that's gym update. It's it's an annoying upheaval, but change happens. <laughs> <laughs> so probably nothing will happen, and that'll that. Yeah, I mean, I might ask Jeff what he did, and then yeah. I'll just buy new sneakers. It's a shoes update. I was so proud of my tiger sneakers as dramatized in a recent Uncle Foreigner dramatic scene. But after I bought those shoes, I looked around me and noticed everyone in Mujou bought those same sneakers. Some of them are knockoff, not the name brand, but everyone got the red, white, and blues just the same as me. So everywhere I go, be it school, the gym, the grocery store, the elevator in my building, there will be someone else who has the same pair of sneakers on. My students are very proud to have the same sneakers as teacher Emily. I have, <laughs> I have other sneakers, but they're 
they're not they don't quite fit right because they're they're big enough but the toe box toe box isn't big enough toe box you know like (laughs) this part Uh uh-huh um which I've never had as a problem before because I have, in America, I have small feet, but in China, I have big feet. Um, in America, I have the greatest feet. <laughs> you do have the greatest feet. <laughs> Your little toe sticks out like a <laughs> crazy man. <I> Maybe <laughs> more of a Trump reference, but... Oh. Yeah, I don't like to think about that <laughs> He's a bully and a racist and but probably a, has a, the a best terrible politician. If you ask him, has the best feet. He probably would say that. He probably would say that. Um, ac- acupuncture. I mm-hmm. finished up the acupuncture and then got a head cold and sinus headache for the following week, which I don't know is coincidental or acupuncture doesn't work or I did something wrong with the acupuncture. But I think I tried it out. Is it possible to not get punctured correctly? Well, if like I told him the wrong symptoms, he, he's addressed the wrong points in my body. Mm-hmm. Because there's like, I don't know, hundreds of different points in your body. And then you only had, what, we saw like 13 or something, so there wasn't that many. You weren't a total pincushion. Right, well, I don't think you're supposed to do all (laughs) All of them (laughs) every time. If there is any kind of method to it, and I think they would claim that there is, you know, if you... (laughs) It being a profession and all. Yeah. Well, this is the thing... So in the studies to test if acupuncture had effect on allergies, they had one group had nothing done, mm-hmm. one group had real acupuncture, and one group had sham acupuncture, is what they called it, where they just stuck needles in random places. And they did find that the real acupuncture group, with the caveat that these studies were very small and, and whatever, maybe not significant, um, that the real acupuncture did outperform the sham acupuncture, mm-hmm. but the sham acupuncture outperformed nothing. Mm-hmm. So there might be a little placebo effect. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. I think whether or not it's related, it's like if you get sick after eating something new, mm-hmm. and but like maybe you had a stomach virus already, but you're never eating that new thing again. Right. <laughs> so I may not go to I don't know. You've been cured of having acupuncture, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I found the uh, pleas- the the experience not that pleasant, and I stopped. I tried. I experimented with stopping taking antihistamines, and that didn't work. I the allergies came back, and then I got this terrible cold. So, which may not be the acupuncture's fault, but in my mind, why risk it? Yep. So. That's for me, anyway. <laughs> if you've had an experience with acupuncture, <laughs> uh, tell us in the comments. Yeah. Um, if you see your doctor across the street. I don't think he'll mind. <laughs> I was going to say he won't remember me, but he will. He will. He will. We went back to a couple places mm-hmm. recently, and everybody remembers us. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers that they've seen us. Like, even after years of not going to these Except for the places that we've lapped, and now there's new people there. Yeah, yeah. So we just went back to a place out in Tayan, which is kind of outside the city. Now it's like a new city. <laughs> but when we were going there, it was like one street surrounded by countryside. Um, and there's a place called Egg Bar, where we used to go a lot. We'll put the link for the video somewhere. Yeah, 
Yeah. There's a little old hole in the wall out in Taiyan Lujo, run by a joyous Lujo lady who serves the best dumplings. She adds a delicious salty soup in the winter to keep them warm. And there's a choice of edamame or boiled peanuts as a side. She also does noodles and other small dishes, but the dumplings are our favorite. Except for the seasonal fava beans, but they're only available in the spring. It's a neighborhood spot in a neighborhood where not every place has running water. That's part of the charm of both Taiyan and Egg Bar. We call it Egg Bar because she also sells fresh eggs. She'll give you a good deal if you buy a full pallet. Keep your wits about you on the way to the bathroom. It's dark. And kind of outside. We used to call it Old Man Bar because it's the meeting place of all the old men in the neighborhood. They trickle in after dinner to play cards and watch Japanese war dramas on the TV. Once a guy offered to slaughter us a goat here. He showed us his knife to prove he could really do it. Egg Bar is always very welcoming to foreigners, but you may have guessed that they don't speak English. Well, the granddaughter does, but she's shy and six. The owner is a hard worker and a very good cook. She lives in the back with her husband and granddaughter. If we were there at the right time in the evening, we could catch that happy moment when granddaughter finished her homework and got to go play in the alley. It's possible that this is all gone and Tyann is all new housing developments. But if it's not, check out Egg Bar at the end of the alley. There was this great little hole in the wall in this little family-run restaurant that the, the wife Not made. the link so that you could go, but... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so you, you can, can see go. the video. I mean, you can't go to Egg Bar anymore because it's in new ownership hands. Mm. But, yeah, it used to be a good dumpling place, and now it's a good kind of home-cooking Sichuan dinner place. And it definitely... Uh, the other big change is that, like, it used to be where all the men sat around and got drunk and ate peanuts. And now, maybe they drink, but it's definitely more people are there for eating. At least one guy was drunk. Well, that guy was wasted. <laughs> and in the realm of people who do remember us, I think we have seen him before the and one. he <laughs> did not remember us because <laughs> he was that drunk last time too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've, we've seen him there before. Yeah, me too. But he didn't remember us, which <laughs> I think is funny. <laughs> but yeah, so it's new owners now and they seem very nice. Which is um, funny to think that like there's a bunch of new old people sitting in the same exact old yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the, the, again, you po posited there might be a magical walk back there because <laughs> the food was just so simple but really, really good. Yeah. And we asked for not spicy, so it was like... So I think this sometimes in bad Sichuan restaurants, they just throw a bunch of spice on to cover up that it's not actually that well made. Yeah. But this, so she couldn't hide in that. Um, but everything was like seasoned really well and super flavorful and the oils were like good oils so Dinner. I got the house tofu. 
they said it's not too spicy. Um, potatoes, sprouts, and cold cucumbers. All of it non-spicy. It's back home. It's a bummer that it's not her anymore. Yeah. But I guess, like, there was a sneaking suspicion that it was closed close before we left. Because they were out of... They kept closing at weird times and stuff. Yeah, well, we'd come when they would normally be open and they wouldn't be open. Yeah. And then we did see her on the street one day, I think. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, and we're like, we're leaving. And she might have been like, we're leaving too. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's out of here. <laughs> yeah. But it's still, they haven't done anything new to the no, well, I same doors. if they're relatives or... I mean, it's the same sign, too. Yeah. The street itself is the same. Yeah. Yeah, even like something as simple. Two thumbs up. We recommend. <laughs> the... The dofu itself was something, I mean, it was roughly a mapu dofu, but... Yeah, well, it's, it's called, like, home-style home tofu, which every restaurant does. And it's about, like, this, it's like an orangey, spicy sauce, but because it is your home-style tofu, every restaurant has their own kind of take on it. Yeah. And hers was really good. Definitely. Really good. One that we haven't had before. Yeah. And so that was an exciting... Yeah, home home style from home to home mm -hmm. is pretty exciting in this area because yeah, it's all different. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun. It was fun to go out there because it is like foreigners don't go out there. Of the, of the tens of foreigners who live in Lujo, none of them are going out there. Yeah, even our first taxi cab was like faint. He's like, I'm not going out that way, but I mean, yeah. he was saying he doesn't know. Well, how to he get didn't. He didn't recognize the name of the neighborhood, and then I said the name of our old school where we used to work that was uh, out there, and he didn't. He's like, I don't recognize that. Like, you do. You know what number two middle school is. Everyone knows the number two. Yeah, um, but he did, he refused to take us because <laughs> it was a long drive. Yeah, I mean, if we were just get into our car and drive out there, it would take like 15 minutes. Yeah, but. That time of day, at dinner time, yeah, in a taxi, long. it's definitely like, oh, this is about as far, if, except for like going from actual town to town. Yeah. Like if we went to, I don't know, whatever the, who's, what's our next town? Nashi? Nashi, yeah, Nashi is like, is like a half an hour, hour away. Yeah. But we did, we got a text there. Yeah, but it was met with about that of like, hey, yeah. we'll, we'll go to dinner. Yeah. You're not going out there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are, please. No, you're not. Yeah, but it was fun to get back there. It was, we were like a little the disappointed. The actual, like, cab itself cost more, much more than the dinner itself. Oh, yeah. Dinner was 43 quai and round trip taxi was 60 quai. <laughs> so it was more of a, a tourist attraction to our old neighborhood yeah. than yeah. it is, let's go out for a nice dinner. And we were sad that the original owners weren't there because we wanted to see them again. Um, but... We kind of suspected that they, because before we had stopped going, mm -hmm. they were like closing at weird times and like we saw her out on the street, walking on the street, not on the street. <laughs> <laughs> we saw her walking Things around. Things weren't that bad. Um, I think they were moving on up. They were done with the, because it's yeah. such a, it's kind of like a garage with like wooden doors. Yeah, yeah. It's not really like a beautiful restaurant or anything. Yeah, it was literally Again, like you'll see a hole in the, in the video. wall. Um, 
But and and because also the whole structure of it is exactly the same. There's just new owners. You said like they hermit crabbed in. Yeah. <laughs> like they even still have the same tables. Same TV. Yeah. Same. But they painted over the daughter had graffitied the wall. Yeah. They have With her math TV. homework. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that it was it was new. It was different. And it's always fun to walk into a room and have people freak out like. Oh, How's this gonna go? And then just like be able to say what I need in Chinese. So that, that was. Especially that was mapping out from like whatever six years ago when we first walked into it. And now we're walking into it, the same exact scenario is happening. Yeah. But like you can speak Chinese. Yeah. Before it was like a couple of wanderers bumbling into a city, a, a street, a yeah. town that they may have never seen a foreigner before. It's like pointing at stuff on, yeah. on the wall. And, and I, the menu on the wall. We're walking, walking in, and you're just like, I want that, I want that. How's this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could ask, like, is this spicy? Oh, it's not too spicy. Okay. Which kind of like took down the level of of people, kind of. I, I mean, I, I would imagine like everyone used to like gather around us because they suspected we couldn't speak anything, so it was fun to like mm-hmm. play poke the foreigner and be like, you know this, you know this, you know yeah. this. Whereas in you walked in, said a few things, and they're all like, a couple of people came over and said, nice job, and yeah, good to see you. And then they went along their way. Yeah, whereas in five, six years ago, it was like, that was the evening's events of like, look at what they're doing. Yeah, except for Drunk Guy. Drunk Guy was yeah. fascinated with us. And then Again. through a combination of his being drunk, his being not from the city, so he had like a really strong accent. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely strong enough that I can tell, like. Yeah, <laughs> it was, I could follow a little what he was trying to say to us, but I also like didn't want to get in a whole drunk conversation. Mm. So I was I was torn between like proving I could do it and like, don't, don't, don't encourage this conversation. But at one point he offered to get us a pet and I was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Wait, no, no, we don't want a pet. <laughs> and he's like, but it's this long. It's a long pet. Yeah. And so I told Peter that he offered to get us a long pet. <laughs> Which, he did not specify what kind of pet, but he was definitely saying pet, not food. Because uh-huh. he might have been the guy who offered to slaughter a goat for us. I don't think so. I think that ago. was an older, skinnier guy. But um, You might be right about that. But, uh... But someone did once offer to slaughter us a goat, and yeah. also declined. That's, that's it's far out enough where it's, and we couldn't really discern whether that was. Well, look at look at what you're eating. I'll go get you a goat, and we could slaughter it here, and we'll have her cook it up for you. Or if it's, I'll go chop up a goat and Which bring the, you the pieces, and you can take it home. The wonderful or, thing was it didn't matter. I didn't want any kind of goat. <laughs> Or know. long pet. Yeah, or a long pet. <laughs> but it's definitely far out enough. And that's kind of in our own uh, foreigner gawking way. One of the fun reasons to go out there is that it's here we can stay in the city and we can go to Starbucks after a dinner at a great restaurant. Yeah. Or we could spend the extra money that we would spend on a restaurant, go out to the countryside and get off her a long pet and some goat pieces. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's that's your choices of the evening out. It's, yeah. And we're not doing karaoke, so 
Sometimes yes. it's actually a lot funner Let's to go out for long cuts. in pets. uncomfortable situations where people offer us animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not sure if we can find taxis to come back home. Yeah. But that's that's the excitement. I mean... That's the adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! That is, I mean, that's always how I've liked to adventure is get a little bit lost into a situation that I'm not familiar with and see if I can get out. And so far, I always have been able to. <laughs> We're here now. Haven't died yet. <laughs> not here. Hmm. But we also don't have a long pet. Yeah, I don't want any pet. <sighs> Damn. <laughs> not even a short pet. I don't want a long pet. I don't want a short pet. I don't want green eggs and ham. <laughs> but speaking of green eggs and ham, we also started... I want to start, related to the gym closing, uh, start making more food at home because we order out every day for lunch and dinner. Because it's cheap and it's delicious. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing is, so we're cooking, cooking by ourselves, we at least have control over what's going in it. So like, it can't be over salted or over oiled or over sugared, but it's not like super duper more health food than what we're ordering and price wise i don't think it's that much cheaper <laughs> um but environment wise we're not getting all these plastic containers and having a delivery guy drive around the city for us so that that i feel like i mean i have a lot of confused <laughs> motivations for doing this but it is like i'm sick of throwing away so many plastic containers mm -hmm. um and they're crappy plastic containers so we can't i've tried to reuse them for various yeah i'm throwing them out all the time and they <laughs> you keep saving them and i'm just like why yeah. is this a pile of garbage over here <laughs> yeah they keep well they break and yeah so i was using them like for pencil cases and organers for school stuff and they just keep breaking so it's not and they, they actually, they break before they're actually done being used for the first time around for food. Yeah. It's yeah. basically open up, it might as well like open up a package of, of processed food. Yeah. Like it just snaps, breaks off instantly. Yeah. So but yeah, so the, the two main things are less plastic waste and maybe a slightly healthier, less processed. Um, yeah. So that that's a bananarama. <laughs> you did buy bananas, but we've started off with a healthy, um, ordered tuna. Um, oh yeah, we tuna, tuna by mail. Tuna by mail. Well, we did. Yeah, we got Taobao tuna, which so I don't know. It might cancel out environmentally. <laughs> Six cans it's of tuna. It's so complicated. <laughs> I mean, they have, to, they have. Did to... they fly it from the United States, or was it on a cargo ship? We have. We have canned tuna here yeah. in, this, in some of the more specialty stores, but they're like, it's brown tuna with eyeballs and oil, so... Yeah, it's, it's less clean. I mean, it's clean for eating. Yeah, it's clean for eating. We're just picky. When you're, yeah, when you're used to Starkust, kissed, yeah. white meat. Yeah. Ugh. I can't, it's, it's too... <laughs> I just spend like half an Freaking hour... Freaking out your tongue. <laughs> taking out most of all the... I mean, it's got like... Uh, uh, skin, fish skin on it, and stuff. Mm. so it's like yeah, cause I'm not eating that in a sandwich. <laughs> people don't mind eating fish. I like to pretend it's not fish. Yeah, we go to a restaurant here and spend probably some of the most expensive meals we have here is, is the the seafood. Yeah. Seafood or the the river food. Yeah, I mean, and it's like a fresh whole fish. Yeah. And with that fish we had at our 
anniversary dinner was really good. It's really buttery white. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not we're not opposed to fish. We just like our tuna fish to be a little more processed. <laughs> if, if we're buying processed foods, yeah. it better be processed all the way, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah, it's so But we do have to send out for it. Yeah. And that means it's a whole big ordeal of that's a, a week's worth of, of food work. Yeah. That, that you have to be more conscious of what you're doing. And we put like lots of vegetables in it. You made a corn relish salad to go mm -hmm. with it. So it is like a way of packing more vegetables in. Mm -hmm. um, so that's got to be good, right? Well, and the, <laughs> from a food standpoint, the having to, like you were saying, you put less oil, less salt, like our Western food here is, is no good. Yeah. I mean, it's McDonald's and KFC or whatever, and, yeah. and Pete's, and I mean, it, it's fine if you. Well, that's not what we're eating. Though. Right. It's it's your processed food, but if we, so if we want to have Western food, it's junk food. Yeah. So to be able to make a healthier kind of Western food is something that's pretty that's unique true. for us in the, in the city. I'm thinking of it as replacing, like, I get pork, pork and pepper stir fry with a side of greens and rice. Which is, I don't think, it's probably like oilier and saltier than I would make it, but I don't think it's actually super bad for you. Yeah. Um, versus... And it's delicious. If it's, if our home cooking is replacing ordering a burrito from Pete's, then that, mm -hmm. that actually is way healthier. Yeah. Um, healthier, and it's not like it's a great burrito. It fits yeah. what a, whatever burrito standard, I mean, it's yeah. better than, than Taco Bell. Yeah. But it's not like Because I would say Peter's, Peter's makes a tuna fish sandwich that I don't like. Yeah. And it's, it's it's wet. Yeah. And fishy. Yeah. In that kind of, like, it's not cheap tuna. It's not the eyeball tuna. Yeah. But it's still, like, somewhat oily and more mayonnaise in it than I want. I actually like a fairly dry tuna. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I go, okay. I'll, I'll back off. <laughs> back off. <laughs> We're Look, doing when it comes today. to Pete's. Yeah. There's a lot of food we eat there. Yeah. But they make a wet tuna sandwich. They do make a wet tuna sandwich. Does it move? Just eat it. Eat the whole thing. Does it go out? <laughs> <laughs> it was sweet. You know, so. Oh. Wait, what? Wow. 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 Really? Oh. That's definitely not happy birthday. I wanted to talk as a big topic today about noticing change over time mm. because that's something it's hard to do actually yeah. and, and like specifically like diet and body stuff I don't I don't I tend to not notice changes in my body for like six weeks and then like in the six weeks I'll be like oh it's a muscle I didn't have before <laughs> or like with the kids we do with my students, we do evaluations every month, and so it is actually a good time to take stock and be like, oh, mm. last month they were crying every day, and this month they made two new friends. So, mm -hmm. like, you, it's it's nice to see that progress. We do it um, with our whole channel here. It yeah. seems like about every six months we totally change everything that we're doing. Yeah, and I think every six weeks you and I have a big kind of conversation meeting of, like, what we are, we are kind of doing something different than we were six weeks ago. Yeah. And actually, I thought of this as a topic because, okay, I was researching pillows because I hate all my pillows, <laughs> and I keep buying them at the supermarket, which is maybe part of my problem, but like, 
I've been noticing my neck really hurts in the morning and I just hate all my pillows. And I came upon this article because that's what I do is I research stuff. Like pillows? Like, yeah, how do you find a good pillow? And it, they're all like shopping guides, not like anything about the theory of a good pillow. But I guess the theory of a good pillow is that it feels good. <laughs> and so you just have to get out there and test it. Um, but so anyway... That's what they say about bedding stuff, isn't it? When you're yeah, mattress just, shopping, you I have to go lay in it. That's why all those like internet companies now are like, keep it for 90 days and return mm. it. Um, Casper, if you want to <laughs> advertise with us, we, we have if, needs. <laughs> see if they deliver it out here? Yeah, I don't think they will. We got our, our whatever, what do what, you call that? That memory the foam? Pad? Yeah. yeah. That but that's a, a, that's a company based in China for expats. Mm-hmm. But um, it's still specialty to expats, so it's yeah. A Chinese it, Chinese people wouldn't buy that. Yeah, they might actually get mad and, and drown in it, just yeah. the way that like. Because Chinese Chinese beds are like as hard as you might expect a countertop to be. <laughs> Maybe a little softer, but they're like pretty freaking hard. I would um, imagine it would be like coming into our apartment. And we have the heater on in the winter time. Yeah. And people are just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. If they saw us like warm in pajamas in a puffy bed. Yeah, in a soft, fluffy mattress. <laughs> they do use pillows though, so I don't know why I'm having a problem with that. Mm. Um, the grocery store has lots of pillow sections. They have like two whole aisles of various prices. Yeah. And but they're, tried all all the, the prices. they're like too cheap, I think, to actually be good pillows. What, the one that has tea pockets in it? Yeah. I liked that one actually. Yeah. That was kind of a fancier might, supermarket. Might have been the best one so far. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go back to that supermarket if it's still around. Um, but anyway, so in the <laughs> research of like what makes a good pillow, I found this like self magazine article or some woman's magazine that was like thirty things to buy to make your bedroom more cozy, and it was all links to Urban. With snide. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean like. <laughs> Listicles have ruined journalism, <laughs> and affiliate linking is as the only source of income for print journalism is like that means that you get garbage as stories. But anyway, so that's a different story. Tune in next week. So anyway, we might buy a new microphone. List of fifty things to buy for your bedroom because that's how you make yourself happy is to buy more stuff. That would make your bedroom more cozy. And they did have. From Urban Outfitters, there were a suspicious number of links to Urban Outfitters. I think that <laughs> they had paid for this article. But there was that Urban Outfitters had this like journal that was one sentence a day. And I really was intrigued by that as an idea. Um, so and you don't need a special journalist to do that. Just buy a notebook and write one sentence a Are day. Are you supposed to report? to the people that wrote this article about your journal once a day or just do this on your own or no yeah you just buy the journal and write so like there's an article telling you to write articles to yourself i guess no it was just like an item it was a thing you should buy they said to make your bedroom more cozy but i was intrigued by that and i was like i don't need a special i have like don't you have like a billion notebooks so i just picked one of those and that's my sentence a day journal and that's interesting i'm approaching it as like 
write a sentence that expresses the feeling of the day. So it doesn't necessarily have to be factual, but sometimes it is, and it doesn't have to reflect any special activity, although sometimes it does. Um, it's just like a thought that I feel encapsulates that day. And I've been doing it for a month, and I can look through and see, because I used to journal a lot, and then I'll get in the habit of like, writing pages and pages every night and then just like forgetting about it. Mm -hmm. um, How much did you do that professionally as a writer? Like did you have one, I know like a lot of us songwriters in particular have a notebook for the songs that come to you in the night. Like when you had, right. did you have like articles in the night that would come to you of like, must look up that deli tomorrow morning? <laughs> well, I do, I have a separate notebook for that. <laughs> That I wouldn't consider my journal, um, but yeah, I have I have a bedside notebook that's for writing down ideas to think about in the morning. Mm -hmm. And occasionally, I'll get bothered by an idea so much that I'll have to like write it all out because it won't let me go to sleep otherwise. Right. But that's not journaling; that's writing. Mm -hmm. um, but what I like about this is so it's low effort, but it also does give me a sense of like how my life has been going for the past month <laughs> and so it is like I don't feel significantly different than I did 20 days ago 28 days ago mm -hmm. but I can look and see like I don't know just like what's been going on <laughs> so I like that and I forget why oh change over time change over time <laughs> so I think like originally I was like maybe, and maybe I can publish it at the end of the year mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think so. I'm going to do that, but... Uh, do you haven't liked the change that's going on so far? No, but it's, it's <laughs> just more personal and less relevatory to another person, I think. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, so I like, I like that, and I like, you know... If I check in with myself today and check in with myself tomorrow, that's not going to be significantly different. I'm not going to feel that different. But if I check in with myself every day for a year, mm -hmm. I feel like that might be interesting to see. Certainly. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, I would say like in the bigger scope of our journey here, mm -hmm. um, so especially returning to like this restaurant, mm -hmm. to watch what we'll refer to used to be Egg Bar and now is Long Pets. Yeah. <laughs> that um, that being a place, that wasn't even like something that we recognized, but we didn't go there right when we first came. It was like two years, year and a half or something in yeah. before we found it. Yeah. Um, and then returning to it years and years later now and noticing the change and the not change. Right. I think yeah. when we first got there, we were like, wow, we were, look, look at us. We're out in the countryside. We're, we're dodging goat parts. Like, yeah. This is exciting. Look at how much we've changed in so mm -hmm. little amount of time. Mm -hmm. And now to return to like the, the same scene of the goat yeah. that all this time later and being like, how much has changed? How much we've changed? How much has the city changed? The town changed? How much of the old men have changed but are still yeah. basically old men? Like yeah. the weird mirrors of how things instantly right, right. but don't change. Put that in a notebook. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so, and I think like it's weird with YouTube because the interface it really pushes you to only consider what's happening in this moment, yeah. and especially like you should publish new things all the time now. And 
doesn't it does not encourage too much reflection so that's something we do ourselves over our work yeah it's definitely set up for like you publish what you do now it's going to be good for this week if you're lucky and you, what you, you basically hope for the next 24 hours that it's going to like push something to have yeah. any legs at all for the week yeah so the idea that like you're making something that you're going to want to look back i mean that's not i've seen other people that do it i there's one guy that i follow somewhere outside of Beijing and he just like makes like vertical phone diaries throughout the day mm -hmm. of just like him walking to the grocery store or walking to his classes or something mm -hmm. there's no production value to it all and he's he's here teaching and he hopes that he and his wife are going to retire to the Philippines and build a house mm -hmm. and he just puts them up whenever he feels like because it's it's for him at some point he's going to be in the Philippines hopefully and yeah. just want to like look look at this and be like, oh yeah, on October 22nd, that day this happened, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, that seems like a far more useful use of the bandwidth right, than just having right. stuff that's yeah. constantly being tossed out like, this is good for 24 hours, throw it away. Right, because that's, there's value, incredible value in like recognizing the present moment, but to focus only on your present uh, to me, especially like in context of YouTube, that feels that has the effect of your successes don't last mm. and your failures feel like it will always be failure. Yeah, I and personally, I feel like those successes are actually failures when they drop away like that. Yeah, I mean, there was essentially you're making the memoirs of your life, and yeah. if you look back at like through centuries or whatever, look to the 1800s when writers would put down their experiences of traveling or you know meeting people or working with other writers or whatever it is mm -hmm. if that was all like ads for sunglasses like right. <laughs> whatever i'm sure there was ads back then that were being made but like that yeah. those all went on to the fire but the adventures of people that were like hey look i went on a trip right. is is what i'm looking for when i'm looking at those things on youtube not like i, I don't know like here's what this hotel costs and if you go there on Tuesdays you get a free shirt right well yeah because that's not a journey right if if you're talking about how you feel today and how you feel tomorrow and how you feel the next day and it's great for service that journalism is, that's of, a journey of somebody that's a story somebody that wants to go on that trip and takes the trip that you oh, took yeah, then yeah. like that's great but if you want hotel recommendations sure right but get a job at Lonely Planet yeah. <laughs> I tried I tried when I got out of high school I wonder how this has affected them, the the service journalism YouTube I think world. it's destroyed them. I can't, I don't hear anyone talk about Lonely Planet I think anymore. the way, well, the internet and YouTube, so TripAdvisor, I think, destroyed guidebooks, and then vloggers destroyed TripAdvisor, <laughs> and the way they all make money now is by having you book hotels directly through them. Through the, the, the YouTube the, trip. No, well, trip like, person. so TripAdvisor now, when you look up a site, they're like, you can book these hotels. Book through us. Or Lonely Planet has its own booking system. Like, book through us. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, that business is entirely dependent on. With weirdly, like, their comment sections on their websites are like four people from five years ago that yeah. said, like, I had a great egg there. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll stay there. <laughs>
Or I won't. Speaking of change over time. Mm. Um, no, the, 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 the internet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And because that's, I think the other thing is like the present moment always feels normal. Mm-hmm. Unless like something really extreme is happening. Yeah, you hope it's normal. Yeah. It <laughs> May you live in interesting times. If it doesn't times. feel normal, something's gone wrong. But it feels deceptively like it's always been this way. And so I think it, it's it's fun to notice like that it hasn't. Mm-hmm. And then especially if you're working towards a goal, like to that that progress can keep you motivated. I would imagine like that's. We've always had nostalgia of, you know, I remember as a kid, mm-hmm. grandfathers sitting around going like back in the day. You back, mean that humanity yeah. has always had nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so much of it now where it's, we have, uh, oh, well, I was going to yeah. say like back in the day always struck me as a kid of back in the day, like that must have been three million years ago, like my granddad was fighting a dinosaur mm-hmm. as a, with a Popeye suit on or something like that. Whereas in back in the day, today means like back in, you know, 2017. Right, when, right. Remember when that app came out? Right. Our life changed. Yeah, or I'm going to use this app every day, and mm-hmm. you use it for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, until you find out how annoying it is and that somebody has stolen all your information off from it. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm going to go to this gym for the rest of my life. Mm. That's That was never going to happen. I just right. like kind of hoped I would be the one. You always want to be the one to leave them. <laughs> yeah. No one the, wants to be dumped. <laughs> the, uh... Even with something like like Facebook, the amount of people that are on Facebook, but the amount of people that are even on Facebook that are saying, I'll never go on Facebook is like, like once you have it integrated into the system, no matter how it changes, it's hard to get away from it. And I mean, every time YouTube even tries to like, I mean, not YouTube, but Facebook tries to like pop up, like, remember when you joined five years ago, here's a picture of you and your best buddy. And, and I never put photos on Facebook, so it keeps showing me like the same three photos I have. <laughs> do you remember this? I do. Or a clipboard. I do remember clipboard this. sailboat or something yeah. like that. <laughs> hey Emily, you're great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you. <laughs> but you um, have my photos. Instagram has my photos. Yeah. <laughs> Go talk to Instagram. No, stop talking to Instagram. Jokes on us. It's all owned by the same people. But the thing is, is you can have a certain amount of control over that to do things like, I mean, it's, it's interesting that you would come across an article that would tell you to go buy a piece of paper and a pen and, do right. this, and not link to this app and write up your, your daily thoughts before you go to bed. Oh yeah. Well, I think there was. That's what kind of like, I was like, really? Somebody told, someone Zen wrote an article to make an paper. article? Yeah. This is fascinating to me. Well. Like thinking through that, I think that app because staring at an app is not good for your sleep. Right. Um, you think they put that into consideration? And well, and it's a different aesthetic of I want a cozy bedroom versus I want to optimize my life. I want to have my thoughts at the same time of day. I'll write them down. Like that's a different person. <laughs> different than the one that wants to optimize their pillow. An app so I can optimize my pillow. Not yet. No, but the one who wants to like buy a grown-up nightlight to project stars on their wall. Like that's Mm. not the same person who's like, my Fitbit says blah 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 blah. So I'm gonna drink seven kilos of soylent. (laughs) That's too much. You get like a a nightlight for your ceiling that like counts off the minutes like like lambs. 
So you could like time yourself to bed. <laughs> We're gonna invent that. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> Hello, Farnka. We'll be like Kiss. We'll just have like Hello, Foreigner. Merchandise. Merchandise, the coffins and yeah, yeah. machines and just put hell for. <laughs> <laughs> or not here because we're called not here. Yeah, depending on what we're what the bigger yeah. brand at that point is. I mean, at some point, you, Gene Simmons has to decide: is this a Gene Simmons project or a Kiss project? Yeah. This is how I gauge all of my business deals. You'd think I'd be more have more money if I follow Gene Simmons's. Yeah, you have no money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't follow Kiss, kids. Yeah, they're old. <laughs> they just not change over time. But I guess they did. But they're richer and richer. That's what changes about them. And then a lineup that they kicked two well, guys yeah. out, right? So two guys are richer. <laughs> <laughs> do they do they like cycle through replacements or are they like replace? Two. Well, the original two that were kicked out they were, were like both like total drug addict yeah. alcoholics so they kept like screwing up royally yeah so they kicked out slash quit depending on who you talk to mm-hmm. and then they would come back and they'd cycle between they'd hire some new people they'd get rid of them originally they were putting in new guys with new makeup so you'd have to like enter the band and come up with your own persona right and that didn't really work out so well so then I think they just started dressing up new guys in the old guys makeup because they own the they don't know rights, the rights to but then the other guys come back. Oh, okay, but fired, so it's not like a, a Pete Best got replaced by Ringo, and that yeah. was that was that. Which I find the exciting part is that as they're about to retire in the next year or two, they're on their retirement tour, that they might replace all of them. It's like like a yeah. like a seventy year old Meduto. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's the, again like the illusion of stability, but constant change. Yeah, Kiss, perfect example. <laughs> Kiss. Their mindfulness theory today. <laughs> yeah. What else? Has anything else changed? We're in TikTok. Oh, yeah. We have a TikTok. As of this recording, we have one video up there, <laughs> but we might put more. It's fun and weird, and it is like we got way more attention in that one minute of video than we have on other mm. platforms. Like that got hundreds of views in a day. Um, it, it all depends on what you're actually doing it for. I mean, yeah. there's, I guess there's within, not Facebook really, but Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. The thing is, is if you're going, you're either going for popularity, some kind of art or something, mm-hmm. or journalism or something, oh, or you're doing it for money. Yeah. And the thing is, when you're going towards TikTok, particularly though in the, the Chinese realm, mm-hmm. I was listening to another guy, uh, Colin Abroadcast, who's pretty famous. He does the, uh, the, 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 the deals, the, the, the sham deals, he goes around oh, the markets right, yeah. and makes he, bar- he bargains with bargain people. deals. He bargains aggressively with yeah, Chinese merchants. Yeah, I would say his theme. He's got millions of subscribers on YouTube, but uh-huh. he's got like bazillions on on uh, TikTok. On, not on TikTok on uh, on Douyin. Yeah, uh-huh. um, or Yuku or, or one of one of those. But the thing is, it's like he's saying, like, I mean, he did, he does it full time, so that's mm-hmm. his job. But he doesn't like make any money on those things, so it's like you could mm. you can look at that and be like. 
I've got a billion people over here that watch my stuff. Right. But that doesn't yeah. do me well, any good. Like, there's no... if, if that's what you're doing it for as a paycheck, mm-hmm. like, like that's great, whatever. But I would say like with something like TikTok, mm-hmm. you, can you earn money on it? Like, no, but there is a suspicion that they might offer in the same way that YouTube has a monetization program. On the American version of the app, they might also offer that because they're starting to have ads on the platform. Uh-huh. How do you have ads on 30 seconds? Just watermark. I mean, I've noticed there's like when you, when you pull up the page that's like all the trending hashtags, there's a banner ad at the top, yeah. but not, yeah, within the videos, I don't know how that would work. But, so, yeah. So I end up watching ads that are as long as the videos that I'm supposed to be enjoying yeah, myself on yeah. the bus with, so that's And great. it is kind of addictive to watch, even though like a lot of it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that goes for the creation side too of like, cause I feel like I have a, and they're not separate, but a creative faculty and a problem solving faculty. And those are of course the same things, but mm-hmm. the problem solving factory doesn't care, factory, faculty <laughs> doesn't care as much if the idea is like good or something I would like, just that it like, I answered the question right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is like stuff. It's the same kind of dopamines that you get from video games. Yeah, and- so stuff like I was thinking of ideas to do that would like fit the platform, like putting up your video and then having me lip sync your yeah, video because yeah, yeah. that's a big feature of the platform, I guess, is, that, is people lip syncing to other people's dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped and thought about it like, would that be fulfilling or interesting or do I think that's actually like funny? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That one still might be okay, but it is like, I don't need to come up with the perfect TikTok if it's not actually something I would like doing or like the production of. Well, it goes back to when, way back when we first started YouTube, we had like a, our secret project of the Chai Wave. Yeah. Which was Simpson Wave, but done with but you, you tell the whole concept. Well, yeah, story. so it was, I, would, oh, I feel like giving it away is breaking the spirit the, of the original project. Uh, well, it's it's all broken up and put all in different places anyways. I guess it Right here and right here we'll put what they look like in yeah. the video as we're watching it. Tell the story. But I also like an art project that you'll never understand or even see. Yeah, <laughs> that makes it all the more enticing if you tell it now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> This is the exclusive. I'm never going to explain it again. But so Chai Wave was inspired by Vaporwave and Simpsons Wave of like this nostalgia for a fake future, is is what one musicologist put it. Or many. Yeah. Um, That it's... it's... (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we made these videos based... So Simpson Wave. You don't need to explain what Simpson Wave is. We'll say well, go do it at home bears, with yourself. It bears on what we did. That what Simpson Wave is is taking up clips of the Simpsons and setting it to melancholy music. And I'm for months like fought with myself over whether this was art or whether I even liked it. But it was definitely like intriguing enough for me to get stuck on. And we went through big discussions of like how it's similar to putting on your vinyl Pink Floyd and watching Wizard of Oz or this kind of like random juxtaposition mashups have been going on for a long time. Pastiche as a postmodern art form 
is valid and does create some interesting work. But so for us, one of the things that was like stuck out that was annoying about it was like your why I feel it was uncreative is that you're taking this, these clips of The Simpsons and putting this melancholy music, but it's in, under the fair use clause, and not that not that legal legality is a measure of creativity, but fair use says you've taken someone else's work and transformed it, but you've taken it and just continued the original feeling of a clip. Mm. Like if it was Lisa feeling sad and you have sad music, you're just doing what the original clip right. was already doing and kind of worse and more obvious. <laughs> and so that's, that's But more where... artistic, though, than, than what that entire meme culture itself is. Now yeah, the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah, like, yeah. we have actual like, prime-time TV that will cut away to TV from 20 years ago to if there's like, hey, here's a joke. Remember when John Belushi did it? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's so prevalent at this point. Like, that makes Simpsons waves seem brilliant compared to... Right, but not, I'm mad all over again. You can't just take the original creator's intent and then also do that and have that be considered original. Yeah. And, okay, maybe the argument there is is the point is that it's not original. Mm-hmm. But I don't, that's shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're not alone in feeling that's what Family Guy is. It's just crap. Right, and, the, like, but but... Just because you have a pretentious name for it as a movement, yeah. and and you've put some bleeps and bloops that make it feel like it, it's an analog recording that's somewhat degraded, and so you've co-opted yeah. that melancholy that the degradation brings, doesn't mean you've made an authentic piece of art. Like I was saying in our last episode. I'm, I'm all heated up over Well, that's what you're supposed to be, because this is infuriating, especially as artists. I was saying about lo-fi, getting kicked out of the lo-fi oh, yeah, Reddit. Yeah. Like it's it that's not what lo-fi was. You're making fake lo-fi, which is fine, but call it post lo-fi or something and it don't don't say yeah, that like yeah. if somebody shows you what lo-fi is, actual like this is how it was made and be like, that's a lie. Right. Like, well, because there's a difference to me. Like if someone showed you The Simpsons <laughs> and said, like, look at this sad episode w- yeah. with Lisa, and you're like, Oh, that's really sad, and they're like what if I put sad music over it? You're like, yeah. that doesn't make me sadder, except for the <laughs> right. fact that like now you've you've just watered now down you everything. Yeah, you looped it. You looped it. Sad music over it. But like, so you kind of felt differently than me. I can't remember his name, but there was an artist I heard on Radio Lab who his whole project was he had actual analog tapes and was looping them and recording them of orchestral recordings that he oh, himself yeah. made. And as the recording, because it was tape, as it went through and through and through, the sound really degraded over time until it was just nothing. And this was analog yeah, it was sound that was done digitally. True analog that was music he had recorded. And digitally degraded. And, or was no, it no, it was well, degraded. The, the tape itself physically degraded. So it was actual tape that he was yeah, using yeah. of analog recordings. Yeah, so gotcha. he had an analog tape that he maybe, I think the the final recording was a digital recording right. of the degradation. Right, listen to it online. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at some point it did get digitized. But the degradation itself was actually the tape falling apart. Um, and I'll have to put his name in the yeah. 
in the description. It was Bye. fascinating. We listened to the whole Lovely. thing. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, and then you were like, I'm so annoyed by this. I am annoyed <laughs> because I've done it by accident. And to yeah. hear that somebody has done it on NPR or whatever is just like, yeah. and it's like 20 years old. And like I did it 20 years ago as a fun thing to find like somebody. But he's not 20 years old. I think he's older than that. He's like maybe your age. No, that's what I mean. Like he, he this was, the recording itself was like 10, 20 years ago that he did it. I don't remember the Oh, I, I mean, he's my age doing yeah, it. Yeah. What annoyed me was that like, there's people that are, I mean, famous is not fit, yeah. the, the word, right yeah. word, but like, <laughs> I can't even something that like I used to do as like a, a, a dipshit fun thing to do in my room as yeah. a, when I was a kid is something that's like being present on, on NPR in a way that, uh, well, that's the frustration of minimalism. I think mm-hmm. that, that everybody has right. like, you just put these t- these tube lights in a position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the art? You just painted these thin right. triangles or, or rectangles around the edge of the frame. What's the well, art? Well, I mean, I would posit I don't have the recordings anymore, but mine were better than his. <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But- well, and that's where I've, I've because I am afraid of attention, I guess. Mm. Um, I've long considered the value of art that no one can interact with mm. and so is that your art project did, did you make an art project and does nobody but you gets to know it mm. i like to think yes <laughs> <laughs> i like to think i made it and it's better than everyone else's and just no one would would ever hear it because i never got a chance to play it for anybody well that's the same thing i'm saying well and and but the, the, well i guess i'm saying there's beauty in that yeah, and yeah. The, the experience is so ephemeral that you can't share it with anybody else. And when it gets back to something, not just Simpsons Wave, but that mashup in general, like we just... Simpsons Wave makes me so <laughs> angry. We just watched for, because this is right after Halloween that we're taping this, and we just watched the Ghostbusters Nine Inch Nails mashup. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Ray Parker Jr. Trent Reznor. Yeah. Yeah, that like. Someone mixed together closer. Closer with Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters Afraid of Ghost. And it really, really works. It's fantastic. Maybe we'll link that too. Yeah, everyone should see that. And again, again, we're talking about mashups of like, what exactly is it that makes that good? I mean, we could sit. We could have an entire. Transformative. Right, right, right. That's why. Exactly. Thank you. That's That's my issue with. Simpsons Wave, it's not transformative, but a good mashup takes two unrelated songs and makes a third thing out of them. Mm -hmm. Which is how Beck got an entire career. (laughs) So, yeah. Yes. Chai Wave. Now I got lost. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Chai Wave was kind of that response to don't take other people's work and just slap a new coat of paint on it and call it yours. So the idea was kind of what we're building on or what I'm talking about. It wasn't the recording that I was talking about, but it was recordings that I had made 20, 30 years ago that were done on analog tape. Yeah. And the idea was let's take those and you are going to write a fake article. And, and with videos that was also video we had taken. Right. So we're creating our own Simpsons for you to imprint a story of a person, a fictitious person. Yeah. 
the, so yeah, so we created these these mood music pieces with the accompanying video that's like manipulated and glitchy looking in the in the style of vaporwave and Simpsons wave. Simpsons wave as a category. The story is fascinating, but we don't have it anywhere else. So you're telling the story now oh, of yeah. where you found this. So we wanted to make a art hoax kind of yeah and so i made up this story of that these pieces we were posting online a neighbor had found because their nephew or their nephew or their niece or something i tried to make a lot of the people involved women um had done at art school in the 90s mm-hmm. um and then so that because China the actually, bastion of, of lo-fi technology. China actually did have a very active, and still does, have a very active video art movement mm-hmm. starting in the 90s. Um, video art became um, really not popular, is not the right word, mm. um, but like... Significantly it, yeah, art. Yeah, 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 significant, significant. So we, we wanted We found to, documentation on it. That, no, that part is true. That part is true. That video art had a big um, explosion here in the 90s. And so we said that these were works by an unknown artist who had never published them before and that we got permission to publish them. Um, and then... The idea being that you, somebody in our building, found out that we were doing videos and said that they found a box by a, yeah, a foreigner yeah. that had lived here and was doing these experiments. Yeah. Which it was, the, the author wasn't a foreigner, but a foreigner maybe had worked with them. I forget the whole details. Wasn't the story. the the author was you? No, the pos the the fake the hoaxy purported author of these videos, creator of these videos, was a Chinese person. Uh huh. Um, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and then. So a box of, of of these old tapes were found. Yeah. So we uh, the the our neighbor found these tapes and was like. Yeah, I forget why she wanted to give them to us, but she did. <laughs> um, Fair the, there was a. F- we never actually finished the story, which is why I don't think it's that important. Yeah. How much we bungle it right now. But and so then that also interwove. So we'd had we had the video on YouTube, and then in the description, I'd tell the story of how we found these videos. Which. Just, but then just, interwove with like new media critique by me that was true so the, I mean, the, the original thing was an analog four track piece yeah. that I wrote like 20-30 years ago and recorded Yeah. we made a new video full of video images that we've taken here in Lujou over we, the past 8 years yeah, and doctored those to make them look like they were from the 90s mm-hmm. so that they were full of video pieces yeah. of Chinese 90s lo-fi film experiments that we were now releasing, and you were writing the article on discovering these in yeah. a basement and of somebody's. Yeah, right, writing the story that of how they had come into our possession, but then also writing essays in an attempt to to do new media critique, and then also like play with. Because we, at the time, part of it was that our channel was being seen by no one. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what happens if I write, like, crazy nonsense huh. that nobody looks at? And if you come across that one day, like, 
it could be a fun. I yeah. mean, it's it's kind of like one of the games that like Poppy or Dad channels or something. Yeah, is playing the, now. The, we were we were hopefully creating the joy of discovery for somebody else through this like fakeo thing that we were never gonna acknowledge was fake, but we just did <laughs> giving up the game. Although the videos are not up in their original state. They're all jumbled the up in different ways. The are... do not exist anymore. They yeah. might exist in a Word document on our computer Right. But going, I mean, I love the story of, of as an artistic project, making a fake art, which putting it out this way, it, it, I'm like thinking like, this is our second movie. We should just write this as a, I mean, oh, it's yeah. a great story. Yeah, do I? <laughs> so let's tell no more about it. But like, <laughs> no, but we haven't actually like thought through other than we were going to make a, a weird little project on YouTube uh, that was sort of examining our obviously volatile feelings about Simpsons Wave or things mash up like that. Yeah, and the, and what what does it mean to create new media work when so much of new media is recycling old media? Mm-hmm. Um, and what if we took our own media, old media... And lied about lied it. Lied about <laughs> it and said it was older than it even was. Yeah. But at what point... I'm, I, I love the idea of, like, if it is somebody else's work and you're taking and manipulating it, just like any kind of, you know, sampling of James Brown or something. Mm -hmm. And... But what if you're sampling yourself? Like, yeah. it's not like other artists haven't done that. Artists love to quote themselves of, mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah, well, and I like, I like pop, the idea that like, okay, the basic unit of music is notes, but then you can have samples as kind of its own phoneme of music and like a piece of video as a phoneme of your final product. Yeah. And, and like a lot of, a lot of stuff that I like that does that is like using found sound or found, mm -hmm. you know, found video. Yeah. <laughs> but so re, I'm sure there's if like, it's like, a repurposing. Like a certain. Yeah. Like there's a hundred sounds that you're going to, whoever's listening to that. Yeah. Is going to be like, like I didn't invent that sound. Like somebody programmed that sound and then three people use that in three famous songs. Right. Somewhere. Well, and, and then you get into where like the Moog sampler was just a recording of sound that yeah. it would play the recording. Right. Yeah. And that is, that actually seems like a special thing to do versus like digitally creating these mm -hmm. instrument sounds. Um, I mean, not that that's not special, but well, it's it's all it's I'm, all. I'm cold to say. <laughs> it's it's a huge. I mean, and people have written books and documentaries, and uh, I mean, you, we could talk about this for the rest of our YouTube channel forever. Yeah. This this whole world of what is, are the Beatles just revamping, you know, Elvis revamping Bessie Smith, or like, I mean, yeah. at what point is it just useless anymore <laughs> that we right, just end up right. with with whatever country star and well and that's pop, pop. Elvis is a loaded example because it is like never mentioned to me he cleaned up black culture to for consumption by white America mm -hmm. um, and, and that's you know that's bad yeah. <laughs> but, but like, at the same time also if, if if art if your art is going to be mass market and mass market for white people is that <laughs> what I'm saying then it does need to be sanitized a bit but does sanitized just mean like removing hips blackness 
No, no, I'm going down it. <laughs> Very scary road. But like the the because yeah. Elvis, as as an appropriator, I think we can safely use that mm. word. Um, it's also that is it's he was mass market. Yeah. It's not like like this guy oh, this I, this minimalist composer that we were just talking about with the recordings. I don't know if you can steal. Oh, I, I, no, he stole it from me. He stole it from you. You could steal his idea and make it more mass market, and it would be less special. I'm sure you. I mean, everyone has. But at is this that point, doing that, that would maybe be less problematic unless he is also African American. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 the, the, that is an example itself. Like just that kind of noise manipulation of found field music is it's everywhere it's in yeah. reality tv every time you hear a it's going to swish your out of a, it's sampled from somewhere of some noise that somebody else philip glass or something like spent a decade working on yeah, and somebody's yeah. like jeff ramsey <laughs> <laughs> yeah excuse me um you worked yourself up and down a frenzy Every time, <laughs> that's why it's it's the project that will will destroy you every yeah. time we bring yeah. it up. <laughs> well, that's with the uh, that was a good one of like we could feel when it had run its course. Because mm-hmm. you you making the videos, you were like I could make these all day. Yeah, but and then I, like, I made like thirteen of them, and I was like getting a little tired of it. Yeah, and we kind of had run out of things to say about it, and yeah. also like I th- I do think we didn't say what happened in the story but we brought it to a natural end yeah um like a david lindemoff ending <laughs> yeah <laughs> everything they all turned into smoke and became a different channel it was purgatory all along <laughs> but um, and then like i'll artistically retroactively justify it because that's how a lot of online projects do end it's like yeah I was really interested in this, and now I'm not. It's well, over. And now, like talking about it, like I do think it is a really great story. Like if we yeah. were write a completely no, fictional movie, like this would be you're very. You're not exciting. kidding about this. Could be our a movie. Yeah. So we'll, we'll hold on to that. Watch out for that in the upcoming <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. Um, a little, little more business, a little okay. esoteric of so something that we've changed over time is our strategy towards. The marketing aspect of our videos, which is the things we have control over, are the thumbnails and the titling and the description, so that it's searchable. Yeah. Um. And recently, we've revamped again. We've tried be really earnestly following all the suggestions, but like keeping it already into our taste, and then saying, "Screw you! We're just gonna do artsy fartsy and <laughs> and make these pop art." thumbnails and these these somewhat inscrutable titles and then now we're kind of back to let's follow it let's follow the advice to the letter um and just be weird about it yeah i like just make the rules that i'm well we've said this with the thumbnails in particular like we were just nauseated with thumbnails I don't know how long people have been doing it, but making the eyes bigger, making the face bigger, because yeah. the algorithm that picks it up, your your tube buddies say that this is what people are reacting to, and, and they're like right some people do it even like monstrously just big giant eyes, for, and it looks ugly and horrible, and 
Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Which is just so. At this point, rather than fight it, um, making that some kind of experiment of like, well, what happens when we play with that idea? Yeah. What Let's if see what it happens. Is like- all smiling, every thumbnail is going to be a smiling close-up of either either or both of us. I mean, give or take, this like is not a lot of smiling. Eyes. And I'm not making anyone's eyes bigger or anything like that, but like... But you're picking pictures with pic- our eyes open. Yeah. And you are whitening the whites of our eyes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what what happens when we play with that? I mean, it's, it's like any kind of... The thumbnails themselves has been a thorn in my side for whatever, 10 years. When I looked at them... In the early years of YouTube, and being like, there must be like some kind of why doesn't why do people just let the the YouTube algorithm pick up whatever picture and choose that? Yeah. Like there must be a way to make a thumbnail for these things, mm-hmm. and then it, as it became a more a lucrative industry, then people started doing it. And the idea of like as a graphic designer, like I've designed my magazine covers, like this would be great. Like, imagine what you could do with a thumbnail. Mm -hmm. And the idea of putting something so small as some kind of piece of art, like, you can do it. And Mm -hmm. I would dare to say that that we've done it on ours that we've now removed because no one clicks on them. Yeah, because I think the least successful was when we were taking the advice but, like, adding our tweak to make it feel artsy and look better than just a plain old thumbnail. Yeah. That doesn't work. Now that we're just like, you're picking a nice, but straightforward photo of of one of us, and you know, doing the color editing, pumping up our eye colors. Um, (laughs) I make it silly with like a weird like text title or something. Yeah, and well, and that's that's how we are playing with it. Retain our (laughs) usness, but it's working. Yeah. We've gotten far more attention since you've started doing that. Which is And like, in fact, if you're a new viewer to our hello? our full podcast, which uh, from the numbers, we do have some. Hello, mm-hmm. welcome. Um, I did meant to say this at the top of the episode. <laughs> if you would prefer to be listening to a podcast version, we are on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Um, or we have an RSS that your podcatcher can catch. <laughs> so we'll put a link to that, too. But so it is like it is... Following the conventional advice to the letter works better than following the conventional advice, but changing a thing. Mm. Well, and that we're not... It's so easy to, like, blame YouTube and the algorithm of this, you know, Sarah Connor Matrix world that it's the robots that are doing it to us, but it's yeah. it's us that are clicking on it on the big fat eyes and yeah. wide smiles. So yeah. the robot's just going like, that's what the meat bags want. Just yeah. give it to them. So uh, I, I would... <laughs> I would say as an artist, dealing with that is, is a far more uh, Andy War, Warholian yeah. thing to do of uh, how are we going to manipulate cans yeah, yeah. To, to, to be more appealing in is, an artistic is, way. I feel like the strategy of making a thumbnail that we think is interesting to look at failed, which is like, on the one hand, it's a little discouraging, but it's also only the thumbnail. Yeah. So. Well, the problem is, it's like, we could be proud of the thumbnail. And we have had people that were like, these are great thumbnails. Like, great. What'd you think of the video? Didn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well. So we need to, that, that actually needs to be... I may have spent a day working on the thumbnail, but I spent three days working on the video. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that's a thing that we're doing, and we've noticed that it's helping. So. And that's great. a lot of welcome what, to our channel. What has that has done has taken a lot of the pressure off. Like this is just easy work. Like it's yeah. not. There's my brain is going into all these like how do I work on sound manipulation and video editing and stuff like that. It's it's right. really just like just whip this shit together. Well, not that we're not proud of it though, but it, like, right, don't, right. don't torture yourself over it. But that means what that what that what that does mean is that means you can work harder in other areas rather than like if you're 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 buried in the math of something of like rearranging every little bit that no one's going to look at and you're spending mm -hmm. hours doing yeah. that meanwhile like the bigger project because now we're talking about like bigger projects that we're doing rather than like mm -hmm. you know is the ratio for this screen app the best or something like right, you know right. how are the colors what's what's the best camera we can use for this we're like yeah oh, we got a pretty good it's it'll probably be that camera yeah. that's fine yeah, yeah but yeah. what's the story that we're telling <laughs> so it, it actually yeah. makes a different kind of focus of what we're doing yeah. as, as a piece of piece of art like the, the bigger well, concept. I, I think it's an easy thing to fall into of like how do I I can technically improve all of these things so if I do improve all of these things then I will have success yeah. whereas now we've decided the our road to success is through better writing mm -hmm. um, and doing almost exactly what we want. The yeah, thing is, like, yeah. I, in the in the end, I don't really care what that what goes on the thumbnails. Like, I would like it to be yeah. a cool piece of art. But yeah, so that the but, technicalities f feel like achievement, but actually they're distracting you from like doing the work work. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, yeah, put the put the thumbnails on autopilot. Mm -hmm. Stop worrying about our equipment. Let's get a let's get a funny performance down on. Video. Rather than thinking of like for two days the best description because it's a really great title of a piece of work that you would make. Like if we're not writing our book, we're writing a thumbnail for a video that somebody's gonna watch once. Yeah. So yeah. if if TubeBuddy says that use these words, and yeah. we're like, what? That it, it's it, it's killing me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is just like no, use those words. Try to put it in a way that sounds smart and don't misspell it, and then just move on. Yeah. Or do misspell it because everybody yeah. misspells it. That drives me crazy. We have a couple titles that are the wrong your because nobody online uses apostrophes. So if you want to get found, mm -hmm. you can't use an apostrophe. And that, that hurts my eyes. Not just apostrophes, all kinds of sentence structures. And, yeah. And then when you add, add in different kinds of slangs and umlauts and uh, like it's just basically made to be visual like yeah. i mean there's some people that just put emojis <laughs> like what are you doing cake 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 is this about cake no <laughs> no but people like cake yeah love cake <laughs> um do you want to talk about a couple videos well we're at an hour and a half it's up to you um well i guess i just want to mention real quick so we put up existential crisis my china birthday and then Crazy Chinese Supermarket is an old one, mm -hmm. but a very good example of like, especially my my, cause my crazy Chinese birthday, is that what you called it? Mm, yes, something? I think something like that, yeah. So like, these are phrases that like, if we were crafting a title that, that fit our aesthetic and the work, it would not be that. Yeah. But that's what people like to look up, where people, when people see my crazy Chinese birthday, mm. 
hundreds of people watch that, and they're not your friends. And <laughs> in particular, your friends didn't watch yeah, it. they didn't pay any attention to it. The the thing with titling the 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 shopping the grocery store one crazy. Yeah. It, the video itself, the way that we I, we didn't really talk about how we put it together, but yeah. the, what we did eventually come out with is a really snide to because every every China vlogger and I'm sure every country puts out their grocery store yeah and sometimes they do it three four eight times however long that they're there yeah and it's all the same video of like they go over to here's a live fish yeah and then maybe if they're wild they'll find a turtle or an alligator or something yeah but then they'll go over to the beer section and then they'll go over to here's where they have Doritos yeah. and so it's the same same kind of video over and over again, and our video was... It does a close-up of my face it and was, the ceiling. It was essentially your face, but from the point of the product. Yeah. So the conceptual piece of it, I think, is fantastic. I think it's a one... If you're looking, and we've put it as, here's another video about going to a crazy Chinese grocery store. And, and the one who is crazy. Is, is that's what the face is, is just your crazy face yeah. looking for milk yeah. and us as the viewer is sitting in the shopping cart. Ah, what are we doing now? Yeah. There's the ceiling, there's your face, oh milk. Yeah. yeah. So, like you're like this baby eye point of view. But I think also in addition to, so it's like the, maybe somewhat trollishly promise of a supermarket that's never fulfilled mm -hmm. but it also I think functions as a good meditation of like or my inner monologue made outer of how I feel when I go shopping and not mm -hmm. in China this is, I hate shopping anywhere anywhere and it just makes me feel insane and I think as a stream of conscious monologue you have definitely made the visible cuts of like taking out the dead air mm -hmm. um, so it feels a little more intense than was originally recorded but it is like <laughs> that's I feel like an honest representation of how it feels to go grocery shopping with me <laughs> and so I'm actually really proud of it me too. even though as a concept it's somewhat or as an execution it's somewhat simple as, an, as a concept I think it's well and then we chopped solid. it down again most people do those videos as like a 10-15 minute long piece ours mm -hmm. is like under a minute under two minutes I mean yeah and it works on those different levels of like what's it like to shop in a, a completely foreign culture to you mm -hmm. you're probably blind to everything going on around you yeah and you're searching for your milk from back home yeah <laughs> or from Denmark or yeah. Holland or where is it from Australia Australia um, and so the commentary of it like you being full of anxiety to be in this situation by yourself yeah. shopping in a strange land and the kind that, of that's the part that's not the part that causes anxiety it's consumerism in general yeah 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 you could have made that same video yeah back home yeah in west hampton and yeah. it would have had the same kind of weight to it yeah but the thing is is we've we've framed it in hey watch what it's like to, to shop in china yeah. <laughs> so there's there's You're pretty much watch what it's like for this specific person yeah. to go shopping in china so essentially what we've done is we've we've conned you we've trolled you into a situation where we're telling you What's it like to be a human? Oh no, these fragile bodies that we live in and the yeah. uncomfortableness. When you, all you wanted to do was see somebody like buy a fish. Yeah, yeah. Look at the 
weird snacks they have. Yeah. We have never done that. No. Um, and then, the, but that's an older one. That's from last year. I yeah. re. I think you re-edited the whole thing. Did you re-edit? No, no, no. Or you just chopped it out of a yeah, longer yeah. episode. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um, but the the other two, existential crisis and my Chinese birthday, we just conceived of and shot in the past two weeks. And actually, both of those were like within an hour. Mm -hmm. We had the idea and did the idea and then filmed the idea and that right. like that kind of working. That's what we've decided we want to try out on YouTube to get this kind of. I mean, because the hardest part. Is, is sometimes like you have an idea that makes you smile and then it drifts away and that's you know mm -hmm. and that's not that's not an example of an ephemeral art that only you experience that's just thinking yeah um, you get bored yeah but so that what if you execute these ideas that you would have otherwise let drift away what if you execute them now because they're not substantial enough to say let's come back to this tomorrow yeah um so that's that's the part of like recognizing an idea and then doing it instead of letting it go. Yeah, um, what one of the things especially that we found by doing this as a as a talk show yeah. is we're actually by being ourselves surprising a lot more ourselves mm -hmm. than anything that we're scripting because we're not actors. Right. Um so by finding out that this works well for us why don't we try to do more conceptual pieces by doing them immediately, making just yeah. short little pieces immediately. And having it just be like one germ of an idea rather than something yeah. more complicated than that. Which is great because it frees us up for the bigger projects that we've got, that we're working on of the, the series yeah. and stuff and, and music videos and, and EPs and things, things that actually take that kind of weight. It's the same thing we were say, just saying with the thumbnails. Mm -hmm. Why are we killing ourselves with like making a weekly video? Yeah where we could just sit down here and talk about our lives and philosophy and art and um, mm. being our normal selves. 100%, we're great with that. Yeah. Take our other like little thoughts that we have of like whip out a camera, quick idea, yeah. produce that. Yeah. Now all of our brain power is going to making yeah. a series or an EP or something. But I think it's not just workload. I think it's also working that way increases our skills of like being open. Yeah. Like, yeah. Welcoming more creative ideas. I, I, I feel like there are there's a lot more ideas going on that we're we're producing like so much is ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah. some of it is like that other stuff isn't actually it's all in the process. We've got like yeah. five songs started. We've got an entire early run of a of a, of a story six episode story all yeah. worked out in that we're starting to script and mm -hmm. we're working with another friend of ours to start looking at locations and casting for smaller pieces. Like there's so many things because we've organized all these pieces. Yeah. Like, yeah. The but, amount, and I think, like, but like this I, shows it as an iceberg Yeah. to further that But on the tip. To see, to do something like Existential Crisis, which really took like half an hour. Mm-hmm from conception to, to shooting. You, you had the rough idea and I was like, okay, I'm the visual person I know, I'll go yeah. lay down there yeah. and film it. Um, I think that's, I don't know how to say what I'm saying. Um, oh, I, I, I think it just is like helpful overall in like recognizing the idea 
instead of like, well, what are we going to write about now? Like, yeah, any small thing. I guess it's hard because the effects of this are going to be seen in future pieces that aren't produced yet. Yeah. But it is like... But existential is a good example of what we have finished. Yeah. Is up. The idea you need... Not not to say that, like, it's, it's so small, it's so easy, but, like, worrying about the smaller moments, I think, helps you deliver a richer piece. Because some of, some of the written pieces that I, I have completed that we haven't filmed yet are like focusing more on small moments than big ideas and I think they're yeah. richer for that like Definitely. like big co- we've always resisted explaining China because that's far too big mm. but even like the expat into experience in China like I can't I can't address that every single day <laughs> what I can do it's hard enough to live two goofballs sitting around Looking at a new thing that one of them just found. I would say we just watched The Farewell this weekend. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about that too. <laughs> and we just do a little bit of... There we go. Alright, so we're talking about Farewell. Well, I liked everything about it from the writing to the direction to the writing again the writing was really good and all the actors were so good at it i think what what, what is this um, movie what are we talking about the farewell okay yeah what what what's give us the premise i thought we weren't doing that or just the basics okay the farewell is a movie um centering on a chinese family that is spread from china some are still in china and some are out in the world in other countries um and our main character we follow is chinese american played by Aquafina, who is really, really good, I think. She was so flashy and showy in Crazy Rich Asians, and she played, like, that so... That her? Yeah. Oh, jeez, I didn't even know that. Yes, yeah, it was, like, transformative. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I spent the entire time thinking of, like, whoever this person is, she's got star quality. Yeah. She's going to go somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, in Crazy Rich Asians, not to get too far afield, but she plays such a stereotype that it's, like... Yeah, yeah. I don't know too much about her other than that, but I kind of assume... Well, she's just... She's like a pop star, right? Yeah. I th- With a terrible name. Yeah. I mean, she, she's already famous in China and Hong Kong. And America. Um, and now America. But, like, even before that, she was a big name here. Right. In Asia. Um, but, yes, she turns in such a subdued, really nuanced performance as the daughter who is, like, very conflicted about the goings-on she had that like that whole like anchored neck thing that like drove her through the scenes that like really like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh no there was a good physicality <laughs> yeah how do i do that still going still going i won't go to me again so Yes, it was a total physicality that of like, not not defeated in a way, but like, sort of driving in a, I don't know, not downtrodden. Help me out. Yeah, what, well, what the, the, of... the events of the movie are sad, so she's appropriately yeah sad. But um, I mean, the central central conflict is the grandma is dying, 
but the family is not going to tell her that she's dying. So they cannot express their sadness directly to the grandmother. So she has to pretend to be happy um, while she's around the grandmother. And that, that takes a toll on her. Mm-hmm. Um, which, that given that premise, it's not like... It's not a, a cry fest. Yeah. Um, it's a really dynamic, funny, touching, interesting movie. And I think even if you don't know anything about Chinese culture, it's a good um, introduction to it. And there is, it's not explainy, but it like immerses you in the culture, I think. Yeah, I was, I was surprised at how, how knowing the premise, how funny it is. Yeah. And... I mean, it's such a, a downer of a subject, but... I really liked that aspect to it. And, of course, we live in China, so we know it. So it was more about, like, seeing aspects of the culture that we recognize. And then also we are... Um, we're not Chinese, so there's some stuff that was still new to us, too. Like, especially the dynamics of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't We don't live in a Chinese family. <laughs> <laughs> we live in an American family, even in China. Um... But stuff like there's always just an old man hanging around who has nothing to do with the proceedings and doesn't really care. Um, <laughs> that's a really funny touch that runs through the movie. The fishing jacket. Yeah, yeah, he's got grandpa. His, <laughs> he's got his grandpa jacket. I originally assumed it was in Beijing, but I think it's not in Beijing. I think it's just like an East Coast city. Oh yeah. I think, or maybe it's a suburb. They had they called it something else that wasn't Beijing. Uh huh. Um. They didn't show any of the major places. They, yeah. they, they showed that arc a couple of times. I don't, I don't know if that's a Beijing place. Yeah, neither do I. Um, it didn't seem like a big enough thing to be a, but a any, Beijing anyway, landmark. But anyway, they, like, part of the sadness was expressed in, like, our main character, Lulu is her name, um, expressing that, like, she feels that she missed out on not growing up in China because she... Her family moved to America when she was two. Um, And so there is like, the city is different. There's no like going back to to reminisce about your memories, which kind of goes hand in hand with, um, you know, live your life and don't be scared of the past and don't be scared of the future, which is the justification for not telling grandma what she's doing. (laughs) And, yeah, that's culturally the significance, you think? Yeah, but because uh, uh, also I think the big lie is that Grandma is dying. And this happens in the first scene of the movie. That's not giving anything away. But there are also, like, a bunch of little lies. Even the, the American family tells each other throughout. So it is like Lulu struggles with this big lie, but she also behaves in similar ways to spare her parents um, bad news or... You know, different. There's different things they're all keeping from each other to protect each other's feelings. Mm. And so I, I think, in a very interesting way, the movie explores whether that's like a kindness or a bad thing to do. And in an interesting way, um, argues for the fact that it's a kindness, even though that's not a very. Um, uh, the American way is like, you, people deserve to know. <laughs> People deserve the information, but even Americans lie to each other a little bit. Yeah. I'm feeling a little bit carsick doing this. Well, um, I would just 
without a full review of that. Yeah. I, um, it's it's a, really good. You should watch it, though. It's a really good example of, of there's just, there's too much here. Yeah. This is, they're, they're, to, to put in an hour and a half movie mm-hmm. is amazing that, that, that they were able to put that much story into there mm-hmm. about people, about culture, about change. Yeah. Um, and that's a story that's been around for years, been lived it's a true story, been lived yeah. by people, it's been re-examined, turned into a story, turned into a, to a new story, turned mm-hmm. into a movie, and has been examined and looked over so many times, and amazingly, they've got it right. Yeah, you know, it's like, so It, it it's didn't so turn good. into like my fat it's Greek so wedding good. or something like that. Well, I think that's a, a good... Point. I mean, I liked my f- big fat Greek wedding. I mean, it's fine, but... <laughs> but, like, okay, so I think when you focus on, like, the top-down big concept first, that's, like, you have your character in focus and they have words coming out of their mouth, but behind them you essentially have a blank slate because you you haven't bothered to consider what where they are, what they're doing, what their motivations are, what the secret motivations are, what's secret from themselves even. Mm-hmm. And whereas if you're if you're creating a small moment, then you can add on, add on and on, and then your background is full of details mm-hmm. that also reinforce the story. I mean, it is a jokey example, but like arrested development having an attic full of dolls. <laughs> with Jeffrey Tambor hiding out and having a tea party and like that's so much more the the details of of the model home being filled with all this crap and this man slowly losing it as he hides from yeah you know, spoiler alert <laughs> um is better than just like having him be like well I'm not taking responsibility blah 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 like mm-hmm. I, I think it, that's what takes you from just having a plot to having a story. Right, which is what we hope to try to do, even not just in our big story, but even whatever little thing that we make on YouTube of, it's it's the baggage that we brought to Lujo. Yeah, yeah. Like getting that, it sounds that simple, but getting that out on a continuous basis and an honest but insightful way is really, really hard. I mean art should be hard and yeah. it shouldn't just be like let's point the camera at the, somebody making bautza downstairs and be like yeah. that's us mm-hmm. like i have nothing to do with it. i'm gonna eat it and it's great but like that's not the story i want to tell the story of how did i f- right. come are from where i come from looking at something or are you like telling the whole story yeah and i can't tell the story of in the 1600s, Bowser was made by a poor farm woman who yeah. needed her husband to have food out. Like, I mean, that's useless to me because, mm-hmm. especially, and it's more useless for you to listen to me tell that story because it's not my story. Yeah. But yeah, that what what it is, what it, what do we have to bring to the table? Um, and that's with with farewell is this mm-hmm. is a huge story, multi generational, talking about human fatalism like yeah and, yeah um and how funny it is and how sad it could be and mm-hmm. how funny it could be at the same time like is a bigger scope than just like yeah. here's a movie yeah isn't grandma funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and so it is like everyone is kind of coming to terms with their relationship to their culture and their national identity. It's a multi-generational family that some of them live still in China and some of them live in America and some of them live in Japan. And so it is like, and it's also accomplishes both if you're a Western audience or a foreign audience who's not familiar with this, these cultures, um, it does introduce you to that, but it all is also like a very specific portrait of this family and the family dynamics that makes it feel like super specific, but then through that specificity very universal, which I think is what the best art does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely... And the way that we're led in through... You're getting to know these characters. You're not getting to know like, oh, this is a Chinese family. Right. They and our main... Are, they are Chinese. But Our main story family. is the woman that lives in New York. Yeah. That is familiar just enough with her traditional Chinese roots. Yeah. That she's aware of them, but her Chinese isn't perfect. Right, she, uh, right. So like it's, it's just enough where you can, you meet me halfway. Yeah. Kind of character, and I'll tell you what I can about you yeah. know. So it's not. I don't. I don't think it's an, an alienating. An alienating character or it's not I'm just going to tell you kind of character it's not, yeah. she, like she's yeah. not telling us like this is the traditional way that my grandmother would always do right. this and like, I, don't, you never feel I don't think the movie to. has selected a character who is correct yep. in the conflict or that someone is the winner of the conflict yep. everyone the, the basic premise is the grandmother is sick with cancer and she's going doctors have they haven't told her that's the whole point they and tell, the, direct, the director the, has, has spoiled this herself, sister, so it's not, this isn't a big spoiler, this is in the promotional. Well, tur- turn off, if, you should just see it before It's too we, late now. We say, <laughs> so the, the doctor has told the family that she's going to die, but they are not going to tell the grandmother, which is a common practice in China. Um, and that's dealt with all of the problems that, as, as you say that, yeah. Even knowing that for years and years and watching that in the film, there's still like waves of like, we had, we had a student whose father was diagnosed with cancer and they weren't going to tell him. They didn't tell him. And she was very upset because she was like, if I go home to say goodbye, he's going to know that mm-hmm. something is up. And then so we were totally flabbergasted and at a loss. So fortunately, our Chinese colleague was like, here, here's the lie you can make up for why you went home. We're having a spe- we're having this special holiday. I'll write you the letter. So she got she did get to go home and say goodbye. Yeah, and to um, make it more about us is that that was she was one of the closer students that we had to us. Yeah. And it was in the middle of the day after lunch or something yeah. like that. Like we found her really upset, just walking around between going home for lunch, and we just freaked. I I don't even know what to do with this situation. Like, uh, tell your father. Tell. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Even in the movie, they. Well, was, how can they not tell him? Even in the movie, it was brought up like this is illegal. Like, well, not here. It is. Here's the yeah. excuses that you can give to make. Yeah. Like, and yeah, luckily a coworker happened by and was like, "Oh, what's going on?" And yeah. she calmly went through the like, "Here's the process of yeah. what's going on." And we we just all we could really do is like step back and be like, "I guess what." If this is the, yeah, what, the best way so to do with this, I, yeah, I, I, I all I know is I'm sorry. <laughs> if you, you know, we'll buy you some pizza or something. Yeah. I, what, what? But, and, and I think 
this movie did a good job of like we already so we were familiar with that as a concept but it's justifying it and explaining why they do it and I think in, I don't know that I I would I mean my family members don't have that expectation <laughs> and like when you were sick the doctors would tell me the stuff and not tell you and so it was like it was up to me whether I told you right medical news or not um, and they would not have thought bad of me if I did if I kept things from right them. but I didn't because I've I felt that the, you had the expectation. there's a possibility they might have felt the other way of like you're being a bad wife. You, what right, are you doing? you're telling, telling him? him he can't deal with that burden. <laughs> but I think also, like, you would not have had the expectation that I was going to keep important medical news from you. Right. Whereas in the movie, they point out that the grandmother had done this for or two, <laughs> depending, mm. to the grandfather. She didn't tell him until it was, like, obvious that he was going to die. Yeah. Um, and part of that is, like, that the family carries the emotional burden so you can continue living a happy life yeah. until your life is really about to be over. Mm-hmm. Live it up, pops. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. I would, I still would not make that choice, I don't think, but I, mm. I understand it a little better. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's how the the granddaughter of the movie comes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, it's, it's weird to have... Uh, culturally even like as as a man like a chinese american woman much younger than me have a character where i'm like oh i think i know what she's going through this is yeah. whoa <laughs> there's a there's a lot of baggage in the movie that is and to give back how we got onto the subject of the movie of like mm. the the myriad of levels in the situation um to put into a piece of art like I, it isn't necessarily something that you can just like be like, well, let's just whip off this video. Right, right. The, maybe one little aspect of it, one tiny little part, and what we're saying about like the video existential, uh, existential uh, crisis, crisis yeah. is something that you could be like, I had this feeling, I had this one thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, good, I know how to film that. Do it now. Yeah. Don't let that linger around. Yeah. Because yeah. that's that's just going to dissipate because mm-hmm. it's not big enough to become like a big piece. Let's do a six minute piece on this. Like, right. well, are you going to do a philosophy piece on... on... Yeah, because that, that is our habit of if we grab onto an idea and then like take our time, we keep adding stuff on. Mm-hmm. And that that works too, but there is some stuff like, no, just, just, do, just do it in an improv way of like... Yeah. Let let yourself open up and see what comes out, rather than plan every every. Well, not not that we didn't plan, because I wrote a script to it. Yep. And, and we planned. Well, it was shot. planned, but we were able to plan. And I think because of we've made this last year and a half of whatever videos, yeah. we know how to actually get that facilitated and up oh, online yeah, yeah. and done in a couple yeah. hours. So from that sense, like. It is what we were saying, I think, in the last episode of, like, this is a, a sketch kind of idea. Yeah. Like, the, our YouTube channel is a great place to sketch that. Yeah. Can we think of a, a cool idea? Can we make it? And can we get it up in a small amount of time? Yeah. Now take the essence of that and put it into a bigger project that we'll yeah. expound on in the future. Yeah. Which I guess, so I guess that's the, the not the problem, but the our tendency if we don't film it right away, we start adding on stuff yeah. to the point where it becomes somewhat arduous. 
mm -hmm. or time consuming to film it. Arduous would imply that we didn't want to do it, but we do, yeah. do, do want to do it, but then it would be like, we need a whole day to get this done rather than, I did it on my lunch break and went back to work. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, great. Great for what what this is as something like YouTube yeah. for us anyways yeah, of yeah. like it's not a throwaway piece. Yeah, this isn't like we didn't make and it. And it's up. not. It's uh, that's what I want to emphasize. It's not just like, oh, it's too much work. Mm. Like it's the the workflow issue is not the primary reason. Mm -hmm. It's a, to explore another mode of creativity. Right. We've created many venues. Yeah. That we help to explore with more depth. <laughs>